The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we have a brand new crew on site inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios. It's a podcast mix-up week here on the bye week for the Dallas Cowboys. It's always been a tradition for Derek Eagleton and company to throw a wrench into things and completely mix and match. So we have four different podcasts represented now here on Talking Cowboys. Of course, we've got the return to Talking Cowboys for Brian Broaddus, who's on Cowboys break. What's up, Double B? Doing well, boys. Thanks for uh, allowing me to get in early today. Yes. I, I don't have the tea time like church over there, but we got a lot going on in the city that I'm a part of, so I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. Kurt and Brian, or and uh, Barry don't understand it yet, but this is really just going to be a draft show. We're just no, going to talk no, about no, prospects. No. Is what's going to end up happening. Cowboys aren't that bad. If, are that's, if, that's, if, that's, if that's the case, Kurt's going to have us write a magazine here while we're doing the show. Let's go. Well Let's get going. Throw it together. Get it done early. We have Kurt Daniels from hey. Hanging with the Boys. Hey. What's going on, Kurt? Good. Glad to see you guys. Always fun to hang out with some new company around here. Yeah, yeah it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different than Nate, Shannon, and Jesse, right? Well, you know, that one's we're, we're always just steps away from driving into the ditch, so... Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they got somebody that put their hands on the wheel. Well, I mean, yeah, you can true. lean yeah, over and like maybe uh, touch the brake over there sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> try. I try. Yeah. It's hard. That's tough. That's then tough. you've got Nate like slapping the hand down and saying <laughs> yeah. that. Like, no, let's keep this thing rolling. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, my, then, my favorite Nate story was I was doing a pregame with him one time, or actually a postgame, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and and I was just going off. It's one of those bad cowboy losses, and, mm, and I was just of it. going off on it, and 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 we went to commercial. Lindsey Draper threw it to break, and, and Nate looks at me, and goes, "You're trying to get fired, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like Nate. He goes, "I know. I feel the same way, man. I just can't say it the way you say it." <laughs> so that's the fun thing about working with Nate. He yep. always he's always going to give you his opinion on. He'll suspects. toe the line. These are yep. true. Yep. He will toe the yep. line. He does a great job of it. Speaking of, we've got Barry Church. Yes, sir. From the Players Lounge. Yes, sir. And many other DallasCowboys.com. I'm all over this thing. Programs. Man. Got my fingerprints all over it, man. But yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm here early. Yeah. Know, usually yeah. I got the, the 2 p.m., the yeah. middle of the day, you know, uh-huh. can't get that yeah. swing in. But today. Yeah. Today's a different story. It's a little bit different. We got the, oh, yeah. we got the coat and tie guys here today with us as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is true. Yeah. It, it was funny because when Derek first released the, the 9 a.m., we saw it at the same time that Cowboys fans saw it. Sure. We, we didn't get any heads up, no. no email where there was like, hey, can you make it? Like, no, Derek just threw it out there and said, here it is. And my first thought was, man, that's early for BC, but. He gets on the golf course too. So pros and cons, baby. Got to wake up a little bit earlier. This is true. But now this you get true. to go swing the golf clubs mm-hmm. a little bit here in a couple moments. But glad to have you guys on the show. Of course, if uh, if you're a normal listener to Talking Cowboys, be sure to check out Cowboys Break. Hanging with the boys, Players Lounge. Uh, all these guys do great jobs with their respective crews along uh, the DallasCowboys.com network. But we do have some some Cowboys to talk about, and I, I really wanted to use. 
today and Monday as a state of the organization, kind of a, a bi-week checkup. Self-scout. Yeah, self-scout. <laughs> kind of look in, inward, see what this team is. Did we over-anticipate? Did we put too much expectations, uh, too many expectations on this team going into the season? Or was it just right? Do you still believe that this team can get where they need to get uh, in order to push for an NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. in order to push for a Super Bowl? Uh, I'll, I'll start with you, Brian. Whenever you look at the expectations that you had specifically for this team going into 2023, uh, have they have they wavered to this point in the season? Yeah, I think there was going to be a, a loss or two along the way that you didn't expect. We got that one early in Arizona. I thought they were going to steal a game somewhere that you didn't expect. We really haven't seen that one yet. You know, maybe that San Francisco, everybody had San Francisco, you know, sign either above or right where the Cowboys were. To be 4-2 and two at this point, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, – I shouldn't say I'm not surprised, but because I was one of those guys when you make June predictions on the radio, it was, okay, they're going to be three and three, and McCarthy's going to uh, hand over the play call into Brian Schottenheimer. I just thought there was just so much turnover on the offensive staff. I was thinking it's going to take some games for some continuity here. So I believe they're right where I thought. Maybe defensively, I'm a little bit more concerned than I was going uh, coming out of training camp. But offensively, I kind of felt this is maybe where they were going to be the first six games. Defensively, it's uh, there, there's been some challenges for them. What do you think, Kurt? Yeah, I kind of agree that record-wise, yeah, four and two. This is probably where you expect them to be. We've a lot of hope always coming into the season. But then you had it's the way the wins and losses came. Yeah. When I mean, you blew out Giants, mm-hmm. you blew out Patriots, we're all going to the Super Bowl. Right. And then you just get dismantled by the 49ers. So that for some reason, the 4-2 and two seems worse than, than maybe it is. So, yeah, I agree with Brian. There's some concerns, both offensively and defensively. A lot of self-scouting, yeah. I hope, gets yeah, done yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. um, but at least record-wise, you know, they're in a good spot, I think. Yeah, I'm going to make a 3-for-3 three three on this one. Um, when you talk about record-wise, I feel like this team is, is kind of right where we, we thought they would be. Um, I didn't think they would drop that Arizona game, so I had them go, coming around 5-1, and one, losing only to San Francisco out there. Um, but when you talk about offensively, I think this is where I kind of figured they would be at. Because you talk, when, when Mark, Mike McCarthy was talking in the offseason, it was all about controlling the clock ground and pound and we're going to play to the strength of our defense and I think that's what you've seen so far from this Texas coast whatever West Coast offense whatever you want to call it I think they've played to the strength which is the defense what's concerning for me and I'm going to go ahead and um, piggyback on what Brian was saying is defensively it just hasn't been consistent Mm. Um, when you're going against I wouldn't even say powerhouses like Arizona. You're going yeah. against an athletic quarterback who gave your defense fits and the run game that gave your defense fits. And we saw that all of last year, you know, with the drafting of Mozzie Smith, with um, Hankins coming in there, you know, Diggy Zua growing in his in his defensive line um, prowess. We thought, okay, maybe we can get this situation under control. But then Arizona hit you off with 200. We've seen what the 49ers were able to do. So to me, you know, the strength of this team is still defensively, but um, it's a little bit concerning, just a little bit concerning of the of the gashes that the defense has been giving up. Because if we look at that game last week, Herbert, who I know I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, he missed a lot of wide open yeah. throws out there. There was yeah. a lot of coverages where cats were wide open out there. So you know, the self scouting will happen during the bye week, and hopefully we can get this thing um, kind of put together. But defensively, I do have some concerns. I think it's interesting when you you talk about the defense because going back to what Kurt said initially, with the way that the wins and losses came. Yeah. 
the defense looked historic. I mean, yeah. that was what we were talking about, yeah. right? You're saying turnovers, takeaways, yards per game. It didn't matter. This defense was going to get it done. And now you're starting to see some of the cracks in the armor. Maybe it's from injuries. Maybe Trayvon Diggs was a, a bigger loss yeah. than, than anticipated. Yeah. Maybe Leighton Vander Esch was a bigger loss than anticipated, even though you won the game without Leighton Vander Esch in the fold. But I think the, the the expectations have shifted more from my perspective on the defensive side of things than it has on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. Kind of going along with what Brian said earlier, change of staff, change of scheme, change of system, it was going to look a little bit different mm-hmm. offensively. I don't know if I had an utmost confidence in what this team was going to do. I thought maybe they would maybe utilize the weapons a little bit more, mm-hmm. the guys on the outside, mm-hmm. little CeeDee Lamb, little Brandon Cooks more so. Uh, but I didn't necessarily have the sky-high expectations offensively. We haven't seen it from the defense, though, that historic look that we had through the first two games. Well, there's people, I know, the national media, and really, you know, if you focus on that, they'll tell you, well, Dallas, you know, was on their way to the, you know, we always compare the 85 Bears or yeah. the Ravens, whatever great defense. Legion the, of Boom. The, the Legion Boom, the doomsday defenses here in Dallas that they've had in the 70s. But, you know, you're, you're kind of like, those were the comparisons. And then you start to kind of, you know, the Diggs injury, I think, is huge. Yeah. Just because, to me, they were so much better off. Diggs, and we're seeing some stuff with Gilmore that I know maybe we'll get into about him. There, there's some slippage going on with Gilmore there. Mm. And it's not that the mental slippage or the desire and all that. It's some physical stuff with him. Oh, he time. doesn't run as well. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have his quickness, and but he's smart and he's willing. He's tough. He'll do what he has to do to. to he's going to have to play the seasons on on a lot of guts and just instinct, because he doesn't have that ability to chase people like he once did and stay with people like he once did. So, that's something. Another thing for this defense. I thought the safety play was going to be a lot better. Mm. You know, I'm sorry, Barry. No offense to the great safeties that played here with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> no right. out there, but, but my favorite player ever in football is a safety for Darren Woodson. Barry Church. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah Barry Church. <laughs> Quick, close second. Close second. But, but but the thing about it is, though, the safety play hasn't been as great. You know, and that's and that's been an issue for this uh, for this team too. They create a lot of pressure. The, the the turnovers, all those things were kind of you know like you're thinking like you know 85 Bears level pressures, all those things, 85 Bears. But then the Arizona game, and then people started kind of figuring out a little bit. San Francisco exposed some things that Arizona did to you. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chargers tried to do some things to you. Barry's absolutely right. They missed some huge plays. Mm-hmm. But probably because some of that pressure affected the way that the quarterback, you know, was navigating that game. So um, it's 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 going to be interesting going forward. You always say it's going to be interesting. But I just wonder how they're going to be able to mask – some of the things that they, some of the deficiencies they have. It was nice to see Damone Clark have a really good game. Yes. He was really good yes. against the Patriots, but before that, he really hadn't been very good. He played very well in this past game. Yeah. But, but our team's going to figure out having Bell down in the box, though, more yeah. until Van Der Esch gets back. And we'll see how they adjust to that. So I'm a little surprised to hear all of you talk about the concerns with the defense because there are concerns, mm-hmm. but they're still top five defense or so. They're going to win you some games, but. It, to me, it, it's the offense. Maybe I bought into the hope of the Texas coast, but, mm. but I, I just wonder if this offense is going to be able to. Well, I think the offense. Be, is, are they, yeah, the offense is. A, are they a championship? Oh, I think I think that that we were all cheerleading for this these five guys to play together. 
you know, and then we, you know, you didn't see that at all in training camp. And, and, and McCarthy, you know, by people could say, well, they didn't play together in training camp and all that, and you, you throw that out there. But you know what they did? They developed some backups yeah. mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, oh, this, you know, this guy has to play. Oh, okay, fine. You know, you know, you know whoever has to play, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with those guys going in the game now. It's not an unknown. The worry for me of the Cowboy offense is the five guys that are playing right now. Because you go back and you watch the All Twenty Two, which we all do, mm-hmm. you know you're going to just go through and and I and I did it for my radio show yesterday on 105.3 The Fan. It broke down every single run that they had, and there's a common thread about this. And you could talk about continuity and all that, but they were never going to get continuity. Zach Martin held out majority of training camp. Mm-hmm. You know they chose not to play Tyron Smith. Yeah. You know even practice him at times. Mm-hmm. You know there was a lot of things that they felt like that maybe they were. Okay, we're going to get these five guys back, and we're going to be okay about it. But they, as a unit, have not played. So I know that Zach Martin played on one leg last game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the thigh problem. That He was really playing on one leg. I thought Biotish was hurt. Biotish is not hurt. He's just had some, some rough goes at it. This offensive line has is, is not been as good as we all thought it was going to be. And that, that's to your point. If you ask me an offensive question problem, and they don't block very well with the tight ends at point of attack right now. Mm-mm. That's something else that's been – you look at the running game, and you can throw it on Pollard and no Zeke and all that, but you watch what happens up front. They're trying to scheme some things. They just physically don't win enough one-on-one battles or combo blocks or when they pull, they can't get the second guy up into the second level. There's a lot of things going on with this offensive line. Yeah, and when you talk about that offensive line, we, we saw the biggest plays out of that out of that Chargers game was when Dak was off schedule. When yeah. it wasn't, let me sit back, I got protection, let me go ahead and rifle this ball in there. It was things were breaking down all around him. Protection broken down. Let, the biggest play of the game with Pollard. Yeah. Everything was going yeah. around. He, yeah. he should have been sacked. Should have been yeah. sacked. He, he got yeah. out of that thing, threw it across body, and made a huge play. So I'm definitely concerned about the offensive line going forward. Um, but I also got to throw something at these receivers as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, CeeDee Lamb, he had a good game. Um, but also he's going against – the worst passing secondary in the National Football League. So I expect a guy like that to go off. But the rest of these guys, we talking about Gallup. Yeah. Cooks, he was four for four, four targets, four sure. receptions in a TD. But Gallup, you had 10, 10 targets out there. Right. I think he and had three. that same secondary that same you're talking secondary. about. Three catches, I think, for 24 yards. That's yeah. not going to cut it. Because when you go against these upper echelon defenses, like we went against the 49ers, they're going to figure out a way to slow down CeeDee Lamb's production out there. We're going to have to have these rest of these guys win these one-on-one battles. And that's something that we haven't seen so far from this year from this wide receiver core. When you talk about separation and being able to get the ball and win these one-on-one battles, we just haven't seen that yet. So that's another concern with the offense as far as production and how they're going to move this football. Well, Real quick, too, if, if, you're, if you're one of those people out there that says Dak has to have everything, has to have the line, has to have the receivers, has to have the running game and all that, he won you the game without any of that last game. Put it on the shoulder. Yeah, I mean, and, and that you know, so if you're if you're one of those guys or gals, it's like, well, Dak's got to have it. It's got to be perfect. It's gonna no. He proved us all wrong the other day. The way you were talking about mm-hmm. moving around, finding you know, keeping his eyes down the field. Pollard did a hell of a job in the blitz pickup stuff, but they they've got to have more. I don't know. People say, well, should Tolbert get? more opportunity. I don't know if they will. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to give Tolbert more of an opportunity over Gallup. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to just keep playing. 
because but the problem is when and we all know it's about Michael Gallup. Right. Yeah, when there's when there's we all know about Michael Gallup. There's two really good games and three games where he does nothing. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been his history, mm-hmm. you know. But you but they they just keep rolling with him, and I I don't know if we're going to see more of Tolbert. Really, I don't. I think they're going to try and find. Hey, let's get Cooks. Let's uh, I, with Lamb. You could have thrown him twenty balls the other day, and he'd have caught all twenty. I think you would have too. That's just the <laughs> way that here. game was going to go. Yeah. But I, I just don't. I just don't know. Everybody wants to throw Tolbert in there, get all those Gallup reps. I don't know if they're going to do that. I really don't. Kerr, you were talking about the the concern on on the offensive side of the ball. Would getting just weapons involved in general, whether it's Cooks or Lamb or yeah. uh, Tolbert, if you wanted to throw Tolbert into the mix there too, Gallup, yeah. just getting those guys involved, baseline improvement coming out of the bye week, would that help you in terms of your oh, offensive I think, concern? I think so. It, it, the Ringer had a story last week I thought was pretty interesting that they, this isn't a DAC problem, it's mm. a play-calling problem. Mm. And, you know, Dak is among the leader, league leaders in completion percentage and some other categories. He's dead, you know, he's 26th in yards per catch or whatever. And it's that, and they're currently ranked last in use of motion percentage. Yeah. I mean, I just think that there's some things that need to come out of this break offensively that maybe you do have the weapons. You got to get the ball in Lamb's hands. Yeah. Ferguson is here hitting yeah. this. The other receivers, finally, we saw Cooks. Mm-hmm. I think they need to find ways. They have some players. Maybe they're just not using them quite like they should. So we've talked about the quarterback a little bit. We've talked about the offensive line. We've talked about the weapons. And now we kind of turn to the coaching staff on the offense. Well, can I side. throw something in real quick, absolutely. too? Absolutely. Your backup tight ends are doing absolutely nothing. Tight ends. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you your backup tight ends uh, limited, no, you know, like two catches, three catches, yeah. whatever. You know, more, more, drop, drop, more yeah, drops. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things. To me, I, I really do believe it starts up front with what they're doing right now. I think that affects that to me is your engine, and the play calling is, you know, the thing with Mike, he hadn't called plays what seven or eight years, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and there's people that will say that if you listen to national media, and sometimes you always shouldn't listen to national media, but they're like, you know, maybe the game's passed him by as a play caller, you know, maybe that's why, you know, that they don't, you know, we we see all these guys down in Miami or the guys at the Rams or you know the guy at Kansas City, Andy Reid, these guys adapt. Mm-hmm. As they go, they're like, listen, we've got to figure out more ways to do things. And, you know, that's that's my worry that Mike, you know, might be a little bit set in his ways of how he's going to run this offense. But I don't think his offensive play calls will matter unless they fix what's going on up front. Well, if it, I mean, they watch the same film that we do, right? I mean, they, they yeah. watch the same all 22. Yeah. When you look at it, I think I don't they think do. You can, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, when you're watching the All 22 up front, I mean, you can't look at the offensive line and say, "Man, these guys are just blocking it up for Dak Prescott. These guys have made no. a pocket. It's great." Mm-hmm. No, there's leakage up front, and you can see that it, Dak showed that quite a bit just by moving and maneuvering out of it, right. getting out of trouble. Do you think that affects the play calling from Mike McCarthy, knowing confidence-wise, okay, we may not have as much time up front, so I've got to call a play this way as opposed to that? I think Arizona game it was. I think he and he admitted it. He admitted it that 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 the night before the game he loses three offensive linemen, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he's like, okay, well here's my massive play card that looks like a a menu at uh, you know wherever, yeah, whatever, whatever. What's our cheesecake factory? Cheesecake factory. Yeah, they they hand you that manual, you know, like. (laughs) War and peace, and you're like, oh, well, I think I'll have. You're doing that. 
Mike, that's what Mike's play call sheet looks like. It looks like the you know, it looks like that that menu, and you know he had to probably take off sections that he wanted to call in that game. But the offensive line in that game, because of they did all the work in the preseason, held up really well. That wasn't the problem. He got scared because of that, and I, I do feel like though there's some things like people are looking at this offense the way they're running the football. And in this last game especially, it, it just they're like, oh, what's this three yards in a cloud of dust offense? It looks that way because they're trying to get the ball to the edge with pullers and you know and, and mm-hmm. guy and and it, it's just so cluttered at the point of attack that Pollard's having or you know these guys are Dowdle having to take it back inside and it looks like inside run yeah. every time and it's really they're trying to get the ball to the edge. But they just they're losing so many blocks. And again, in that game uh, last uh, last Monday night, it just you know you can't you can't do that. So you can't pull guys and try and set things up and then have guys just get you know taken apart at the point of attack. So yeah. is it a learning to get the chemistry again? Is it a you know you got Mike Solari in a new scheme, or is it this is age and talent is not what we thought it was? Well, you get a banged up guard, a banged up Hall of Fame guard. You've got a left tackle tackle that is a Hall of Famer, but he's not the same guy. Not at all. He's not not the same guy. He doesn't have the lateral slide. There was a time where Murray, the, uh, the linebacker, just completely outruns him and you know maybe Tyron Smith five years ago he's he's like he he takes that hard inside step and then he's up second Mm -hmm. level and he's pushing that linebacker completely past the play but now he can't yeah yeah that's well the right tackle he is he's they're not we've seen we've seen Martin and Steele combo block and second level that thing where it's just together and they push and then they get it walled off and now there goes the ball yeah, you know we've seen it where it's hit at spots and it's like, oh, here we go. That's what it like. See, haven't seen that as much this year. Mm-hmm. The tight ends aren't winning as much as they they mm-hmm. should. And, and that's been a problem. They draft Schoonmaker. I'm the biggest Luke Schoonmaker fan in the building. I know during the draft show and all that we're talking about it. But and then they use McEwen as a trail on a, on a pull and he gets whacked two different times. Never gets a block. Yep. So why and why are you pulling guys? Hunter Lipke he gets whacked at the point of attack. So you're you're trying to create things. You're trying to create. You're saying, okay, I'm going to take my best guy and try and put him in a position to block, and then they get whacked at the point of attack. Now you're like going, well, okay, what what do I what am I trying to do here? My game plan was built on trying to move my linemen mm-hmm. and pull guys and take advantage of some counters, and it's not working. You know, I mean, they went they went from that 13 personnel stuff got just destroyed twice. Didn't run it in the second half. Yeah, you know why? Because Mike's like. Whoop, cross that one off. That's not going to work today. Minus one, negative two. Okay, yep, cross those off. It takes his breakfast, lunch, and menu dinner down yeah. to just a breakfast. Only. Yeah, the, 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 the 26 appetizers that he could order from there at the, yeah, the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. It, it certainly is a concern up front. And I think the offensive line, with it, even with the starting five being where they are, yeah. like you said, it's not the same as what mm-hmm. we've anticipated. But there's other things. We expected a lot more. Yes. Yeah. And maybe it, maybe it can change it maybe it can change but i think you're going to play better defensive lines you're not going to probably mm-hmm. always play defensive lines like the 49ers yeah but 
on the horizon, if you squint, you mm-hmm. can see that bunch in from the east, okay. you know, standing right there. Twice. Green and black. Don't forget about the commanders, too. I mean, nah, they, they the commanders, the commanders will, they'll beat you up, too. Yeah, they yeah. will. This segment was Rams. brought to you by oh, gosh, oh my the goodness. Dallas Cowboys <laughs> Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. Don't talk about Aaron Donald. It's the bye week, guys. We can't talk about He's him coming. yet. He's coming. He is coming. When we come back, we'll look at the offensive side a little bit more. Brian mentioned the tight ends. I want to dive into what could be fixed from the tight end room is it just inconsistency is it a lack of confidence where could the tight end see an uptick and then of course we'll dive deeper into the defense as well what's going on on that side of the football what have they done well what have they not done well through the first six games of the 2023 season with more talking cowboys right after this todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. We're all about breakfast foods here. We've got the Cheesecake Factory again. We, got, <laughs> we all know what we're Quaker talking Oats, about, right? We, Black Rifle we've Coffee. Been there. Yes. We've been there. That you know that menu at the Cheesecake Factory. You, you, seriously, you know the Red Cross drops supplies to you there at the table so long. You know, I mean, you, have you ever gone? Have you, like, what are you gonna? What are you thinking about? You know, you ask your friend, what are you thinking about over there? And you're like, not even. 
even close to what he was. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I haven't got to page 75 I'm yet. I'm still eating the bread. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Got page done. got 15 they got some good, items. They got some good food, though. Yes, they, they do. They, they do. They do. I don't I even know if they're a Grand Lux is another one that has that. They got a big time menu. Oh, my God. Grand Lux will beat you down with that menu. Whataburger has a great menu, too. Just so you guys know. Yeah. Whataburger. Throw, Whataburger's throw good. Throw that sponsor, man. I no, do no. love Whataburger. They're very good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Barry Church, Brian brought us. What was that? I got Whataburger and Black Rifle Coffee? Yeah. Man, we got Let's some good be nice, stuff. man. Let's yeah, be we nice. We got the 40 Burgers. We got the Black Rifle Coffee. Man. I got a Black Rifle Coffee in here. That player, the Player Lounge, you guys have some whiskey sponsors and <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Whiskey-Dos. That's what we need. There it is. There it is. America's team. But yeah, there you go. There Wing is. stop over here with, oh, yeah. with hanging Wing with the stop. boys. Yeah, Break doesn't even have a title sponsor, do you guys? I don't think so. Derek's like, I, I don't want to do the reads. I, he makes me do the reads. <laughs> oh, exactly. See? Yeah. See? And I mess them up all the time. <laughs> I'll send people to Fort Worth when they really need to go to Arlington. <laughs> They're going the wrong direction. Yeah. They're like, Brian, we did, we did a thing about bull riding yesterday. PBR. Really? Yeah. It's, it, it's, and it's happening like in May. <laughs> that might be a read I have to do for the next six months. <laughs> you're going to get really good at it. Yeah, I'm going to do my best. You're going to be able to ride a bull by the no, time I'll, you're no, done I, with yeah, it. I say I'll do my best. I'll jack that thing up. It won't be any good. I feel sorry. Sorry, PBR, about that. Oh, man. Uh, Brian, you brought up the tight ends oh, a little man. bit. I yeah. want to talk about that uh, going into this next segment because it is really a game changer, especially in the modern day NFL. It sure is. To have a, a game changing tight end, to yeah. have a guy that you can rely on. Jake Ferguson has been as close to that. As anybody on the roster right. so far, but outside of that, there really hasn't been. Hendershot's been nicked up. A whole lot of help. It's hurt. Yeah. Yep. Luke Schoonmaker, second round pick. You yeah. bring back McEwen. I think it was unfortunate in the preseason they lost John Stevens. That was yeah. another dynamic yeah. receiver mm-hmm. that you could have used. Barry, as a, a former safety in the league, and you look at a tight end in the today's mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. How imperative is it to have depth, to have not just one guy that you can mm-hmm. rely on? I mean, even look at Kansas City. They yeah, don't they just have two. Kelsey. They've they got, got Gray as well. Gray in there, too, mm-hmm. that's doing some things. You saw the, the Ertz and Goddard attack mm-hmm. a couple years ago with Philadelphia. How big is it to have other guys that you can mix and match? Well, from a defensive perspective, um, it's huge. Because when you're going out there and these guys can lock you in to a personnel group and you got to stay in that base personnel group to match up with those guys, it's extremely tough, especially when you got a tight end out there who can block as well has be a receiving uh, threat out there because who are you going to line up on them? When you're in your base, you got to either throw a linebacker out there who he can probably just outrun or safety out there who he can out physical. I mean, we see it all the time. So having depth at that position and more than one guy is is, 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 is of the utmost importance. And then when you look at the Cowboys, I think Ferguson – he can be that guy, in my opinion. He has the route running ability and the receiving ability, I think, to be one of those upper echelon tight ends. Now, when it comes to the blocking, that's yeah. where he kind of slacks off at a little yeah. bit. Kind of reminded me of Schultz a little bit in that regard. But overall, I think he can be that guy. We just got to bring a number two behind him on that in that regard. These guys have been dropping some tight or some dropping some t- touchdowns out there. When you look at Hendershot, when you look at Schoolmaker out there, and hopefully they can you know develop their game. But if we can get two of those guys going out there, I think it'll be a huge difference for this offense. Going Going forward. That's what the 49ers kill you too. They get in that 22 personnel. You know, they, mm-hmm. they two backs, two tight ends, and mm-hmm. they and they move guys, and they yeah, they just they find ways to take advantage. And I think the Cowboys would like to do some of the things, mm-hmm. tight end packages. 
I, you know, I don't know how much they really. I'm, this is being reckless. I don't know how much they really trust Luke Schoonmaker right now. Mm. You know, there's things. I mean, he he has been they getting opportunities in the previous game. This last week, he didn't get as many Mm-mm. opportunities in these games, and maybe they felt like that they could attack this uh, Chargers secondary with the with their wideouts and you know getting the eleven personnel stuff and be able to. But you know, they've they've got a they're 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 lacking right now as a unit. When it comes to the the run blocking, it just mm-hmm. hasn't been, and that's one of the reasons why I was cheerleading for Schoonmaker because I'd seen him at Michigan. When you watch Michigan run the football, Blake Corum and those guys, they they hammer that ball, and it was a lot of time. It was Schoonmaker, either uh, you know in line Y right next to the tackle, pushing or movement, and then being that guy at the point of attack. They need to do something with him in that way. I think he would be a better fit, better option than what they have with Sean McEwen. I've yet to see Sean McEwen take his nose and stick it in the middle of somebody's numbers and get that kind of that push. I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's somebody that will find a clip of him blocking. But I know in this game the other day, it it was he was not a factor like they were asking him to be. I think the the one thing, sorry, Kurt, that that I remember with McEwen is he's a good downfield blocker, but he's not a good in In line blocker. blocker. He's just not there. But that's what they're asking him to do. And he's pulling on the backside of a, you know, it's it's Tyler Smith pulling and him on the trail, and now they're getting just guys are getting just compressed at the point, and you know it's like he's kind of like I'm not sure where to go. I'm not sure where to be. And then his guy leaks off and then makes a play. And then you wonder why it's a two-yard gain and why they're running into a brick wall here. So how do you fix that problem? Can you scheme it up differently? I don't hope Luke gets better. Well, that's uh, the whole idea. You drafted Schoonmaker with the thought of being that point of attack, getting the push guy. I, I would maybe consider flipping him. And Sean McEwen out, but they might say, "Well, listen, we, you know, with Ferguson, Ferguson will fight his ass off, but he's just limited right now. I mean, yeah. they take him and he gets compressed. There's defenders will, you know, there's there's like a little hole, a natural crease there, you know, with they get all the blocks or they get him set up, and then Ferguson's fighting pressure, but he's getting rocked into the hole, yeah. and now Pollard's looking at it like." Wait a minute. Where's the hole? It was there. Now it's not there. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. So, yeah, I, you know, Kurt, I, I, I don't know. I, I maybe in maybe in a year. <laughs> yeah, and that, that sounds terrible to say with Luke Schumacher growing and, and doing what he has to do. But they maybe they have to think about should we try and run the ball away from strength? You know, if we're going to cut off. Yeah, if we're going to if we're going to do a deal where you're, I'm not a coordinator. I'm just a radio guy. I mean, I I've done this you now, but I'm just saying though, maybe it, your tendency is if you run it the ball behind, say Ferguson in line, that you're you know you're trying to like create, you know, you're saying okay, we're going to take it to the strength side of the formation. Maybe think about some more weak side runs is what I was thinking about here, just to kind of not let people overplay and kill your tight ends at the point of attack. And, and that's what it sounds like. Like, they're struggling with power at it, the, the it point is. of attack. And it is. And, it's and you know, too, like I said, Steele and Martin haven't been as clean no. as... Mm-hmm. And, and we we interview Zach Martin every you know Thursday on the G-Bag Nation, and, and we talk about it, and he loves playing next to Steele. And you got to give Steele a lot of credit. When they were running the ball, when, they, when, when the Cowboys have run the ball in the past... Those two guys have been a big part of it, yeah, because of their ability to combo block and push that, you know, secure the down lineman and get up on that linebacker. There's also a lot of analytics that even this year show yeah. that Tony Pollard 
yeah. loves to to finish because you were talking yeah. about it too, where they're trying to get to the outside, yeah. but then they got to cut back inside. Well, where is his safety valve? It's in between Zach Martin and Terrence. And, and you know, look where they ran the quarterback sneak. The you know the tush push. They tried to push it to the right, and your center just you know he got blasted in there. And, you know, and that happens. I mean, and it's just like you know you get turned. But you know they had a, one of the best runs they had the game. What happened? They get everybody blocked. And then CeeDee Lamb is just whoop, hands outside and he's, oh, you know, and then he, you know, kind of lets go. But but all the officials need to see is hands outside. Mm-hmm. So here they have a run where they do get everything walled inside to the corner, around the corner, nine yard game. Oh, nope, oh, holding, gotta come back ten yards, you know, that kind of thing. So even when they had some success with a running play, it was you know, it was like, oh, nope, can't do that. Can't hold on the outside. Yeah. Would you have them more in kind of like a off-the-line situation where they can get maybe a couple couple heads start a little bit before I, they run into the You know what? I, what I would worry about, like, it, it's a good point because sometimes you could get guys that will motion across, and you've dealt with this because mm-hmm. you play down in the box. You get a guy that motions, and all of a sudden he has a running go, but then again you aggressively attack him at the line. And then there's that collision. Yeah. That's that's the problem that Pollard and these backs are dealing with right now, in my opinion, is they see, when they get the ball, they see, like, white jersey flash. Mm. And it, it's not the defenders. It's their own teammate, you know, being right there. So putting guys on the move, do they get compressed there? Or do they just get thrown off? You know, they just, they're just not – there's just not that base from these guys. If you play them off the line of scrimmage – and, and Barry, I'm sure you probably read this the same way, but when you play them off the line of scrimmage, it's almost like putting them on an island to a certain extent, right? Because there's a be. little bit more space. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. you can get that that forward motion and maybe an extra step into that collision, mm-hmm. but it also leaves you alone a lot of times because yeah. you're not locked well, up with somebody. Or you next play to you. against Tank Lawrence when you try and crack him, and he know, and he like sees the crack. And he spins it, yep. and now you're, you know, now you're Falling getting grass around, stains yeah. on the front of your uniform because you <laughs> dove right straight into the ground. Yeah, you know, you get you get some smart guys like you know, like Barry, like they the guys that play around in that line of scrimmage, they know they're going to get cracked, they're going to try and get hooked. Mm-hmm. You know, there's going to be things that they're going to have. Some of these guys are really excellent at doing it, like Kyle Uzcheck, and I know he's mm-hmm. an All Pro fullback. But he has a feel for how to play on the move and then get into you and turn you. Because mm-hmm. he's got a little bit, he's got the base and the power, and, he, and he's done it enough. These guys, you know, time and task, you know, we'll see with Ferguson, those guys. It's just not a very powerful group right now. That's, that's an issue, yeah. I think. What did so. you want to see from, from the tight ends when you were playing? Mm-hmm. What, what did they do? What indicator did they give you that said, okay, I'm going to have some success on this snap? Well, to me, when, when I was going against, you know, tight ends that they can't run, that could, yeah, when they couldn't <laughs> run, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna have an easy day today. <laughs> I'm gonna stay on this low hip all day. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you go against guys, you just gotta understand your personnel when you're going out there. If you're going against a guy that thrives being. Um, detached from the line of scrimmage, then you know, hey, I'm going to have my work cut out for me as, as far as coverage is concerned. Or you're going to go against a guy kind of like a Witten where yeah. he's crafty, he can get in there at that line of scrimmage, and he might not be the most powerful guy, yeah. but somehow, some way, he can use that vet savvy to hook you kind of like a yeah. use check out there. Yeah. So when you're going against guys like that, you just kind of have to know your personnel. But to me, it was always tougher and because I wasn't the best cover guy, so it was always tougher going against detached tight ends out there because then my eyes are open to everything. Man, do I, I got to read the run. I got to read this guy if he's going vertical. I know I can beat him physically, 
But when it comes to routes and diagnosing plays, it becomes a lot tougher when you got a tight end so out there. Like Barry, that. was it like when you played like a, against a Zach Ertz who you knew was going to always kind of be up the field? Yeah. But when you saw him along the line, you're like, I'm going to attack him. A must. Because I'm going to grab him and throw him on the ground. You got to. Yeah. You, got, but, but, you don't want to let him get a release? Yeah, but all of a sudden he tries to nod me outside and I jump and now he's inside and you're chasing. And he's gone. That's the nightmare right there. <laughs> That's it. That's but it. you know that he's blocking in line like that, then you just grab him and throw him on the ground. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you like these tight ends then in the passing game? I, you know what? I Obviously think. Obviously, don't in the running game. No, no. <laughs> they got to do something. I mean, we... <laughs> no. the prop, the problem I have is I, I, I'm one of these guys that believe that that Michigan did not play to the strengths of what Luke Schoonmaker. I think Luke Schoonmaker can be a, a good receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. I know he had the drop. You know, when against the cover two there, you know, he, he's got to make that play. But I, I just feel like though that Ferguson can catch the ball. I think Hendershot can catch the ball too. I really, really do. I just don't know, though, like I say, the biggest concern I have, and we've talked about it here for the last eight minutes, has been how these guys block. Yeah, That's that's my biggest concern, because I think these guys can make plays down the field. I love Jake Ferguson in the open field. How many times mm-hmm. does he make guys miss? Oh, yeah. He really does. I mean, it's like, dynamic. okay, it's third and seven, he gets nine. It's third and six, he gets eight. You know, he's always making a guy miss and finishing to where, you know, he's getting the first down for you and those types of things. So... I think these guys can catch. I just worry about are there ways to play around the lack of some of the point of attack blocking that they're dealing with right now. Does it make you feel any better? Actually, I'm going to take a I'm going to take a break. We got to take our second break. When we come back, I'm going to finish that question. I'm going to see what makes this group feel better. Then we'll tease you to our show on Monday with the same crew. It's a hey. mix-up Wednesday here on Talking Cowboys. We'll be right back right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in to Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We have Barry Church mm-hmm. from the Players Lounge, Kurt Daniels from Hanging with the Boys, hey. Brian Broaddus from Cowboys Break. I'm Kyle Yeomans, your normal host on this program. We'll be back with the same crew, by the way, on Monday. So no shows tomorrow or Friday. Enjoy the bye week. Take a deep breath. Maybe go <laughs> golfing with Barry Church. Open invite to everybody. That's what he told me. Bring your wallet. Bring yeah, your it might cost you a little bit. <laughs> might cost you. Might cost you a little. Might cost you a lot. Oh, but it's going to cost you. But it's going to cost you. <laughs> he'll tell you, though, beforehand that he's betting you. Now. I'll let, definitely let you know. I'll yeah, let he'll you let know. you know you're in a game. He's not going to leave you hanging. <laughs> no, he's not going to expect money from you as you walk off the 18th. Happen. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, I feel like Kurt's probably the best golfer at this table. He just doesn't want to talk about it. I don't play. Mm. Don't play. He doesn't play around. That's how good he is, guys. Doesn't play around. What made you make that statement? I'm just saying. I just think he's the best best golfer. He's quiet over there. Wow, he's, he's got, looking how disrespectful. He looks how <laughs> big and he looks at how big and husky I am, and I don't turn very well. That's the problem right there. Tyler Smith or, or Tyron Smith on Tyron the Smith, very line. very stiff, very big, stiff. big and stiff. hulky. Uh, Hall of Famer. <laughs> it's Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. That's fair. Uh, Let's talk yeah. about the tight ends just a little bit more because uh, I, I talked with Jake Ferguson last week. Yeah, and I kind of went up to him and he kind of gave me a look, and I was like, well, "What's the look? What's the look?" He said, "That's." Time to be more physical. Yeah, it's time to. And he said the words that I can't say on this show, but it's time Wait, this to was mess. last week before the game. Yes, this okay. was before the game. Mm-hmm. Time to mess stuff up, <laughs> is is what mm-hmm. he said. And mm-hmm. I, I basically said, I was like, okay, what does that mean? He said, I don't want to get a penalty. I don't want to get flagged, but I want to be the first one to to get in there and lay down the hammer, mm-hmm. lay down the physicality. There were a couple times in the most recent matchup where he did show some physicality. He, he, he had sure a seal did. Block on the edge. He's just limited. I mean, great these job. guys are a little bit limited right now. Do yeah. you think they can hit that ceiling with a better mentality? I don't think it's mentality. I think you physically have to have the ability. I, I think they have the desire, the willingness. They're they're asking them to do some things. There's you know that's what coaching is. You have to play to the strengths of your players. There's going to be a time where in this season they're going to have to hide Gilmore. I, th- I think they are. Mm. And, I, and I keep mentioning, I just mentioned him because he doesn't run as well. And what's happening is teams are going to figure out if they carry him across the field, he's going to struggle to chase. He's going to run like hell to try and get there, but he's just limited. So now you're going to have to think about, okay, if teams are starting to run in-breaking routes on him, where are we going to position the safety there? You know, where are we going to do? Are we going to drop linebackers? Are we going to, how are we going to help him in coverage in case people start taking the routes? Same thing with the tight ends. You can't put these guys in positions where they can't, they can't get it done. You know, like I said, they got into 13 personnel a couple of times with McEwen, ran the plays. They were negative plays. Those go off the call sheet. 
You know, I'm like, okay, we can't do this anymore. And that's what that's what this co- this this you know coaching is really about. It's about knowing your personnel and, and figuring out ways to take advantage of them. Look, I mean, uh, when you talk about it, at the end of the day, these tight there's there's some good tight ends. All right, they're they're good tight ends, but I I don't believe they're going to be the difference for this offense moving forward, getting yeah. getting things done. That doesn't um, make me feel better, Trey. I, I just I just go by what I see. I mean, are they great complimentary pieces? Sure. They can go out there and get you some receptions here and there, but when it comes down to it, um, this offense I don't think needs to run through the tight ends by any stretch of the imaginations. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think you can dump some things off to them. Maybe they can be your security blanket when everything else breaks down. Um, but when it comes down to these tight ends, you know, I feel like they need to get better blocking. Yeah. I think they, they, they definitely need to do better at the point of attack. But when it comes to this offense, I I would put them maybe third or fourth down the priority list when we talk about getting guys involved in the offense and how we're going to be more productive going forward. I would love to see more production from these other wide receivers. Hopefully they can bring that to the table because we know teams are going to start limiting C.D. Lamb. I mean, it's just just how it is. He's going to see triple teams. He's going to see triple teams. And that that, that just – it's perplexing to me that teams like Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, teams like Miami with Tyreek Hill – Defenses know they're going to take this guy away, but still they're able to go out there and produce and have great numbers. Why can't we do that here in Dallas? Mm. Play calling. That, that to me is just mm. I don't understand it. <laughs> Tell him, Kurt. You're getting a Christmas card from the head ball coach. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Well, man. I'll tell you what. They did scheme a pretty good play in the San Francisco game. Maybe the best play that they had was the touchdown to Turpin. I agree. That yeah, was that, that was twins to motion for the tw- for the trips and then to run him on the on the nickel safety there and and you know Dak threw. Beautiful ball, awesome. great adjust. You know that's what we, Kurt brought up motions and stuff like that. There, that's kind of every week the motions have gotten less and less and less. Yeah. And and, and th- that's right that's there. people. And Barry's, you know, we Barry's been a professional football player, so he knows this too. I mean, but you know, sometimes motion does affect you, and sometimes it just doesn't. And McCarthy's excuse during the game was he didn't feel like that it was doing anything to benefit his team. You know, motion wasn't doing anything to benefit him. And so that's why. But there's some of the concerns that, you know, Aaron uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, they were a very static team. Rodgers liked everything just set. Yeah. And then, and, you know, sometimes you, when you're a play caller, you just you're so used to doing things a certain way that you just don't. I remember you know, talking to Andy Reid about it. Andy used to give up play calling to Eric Bieniemy at times during a game because Andy would get in a rut. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, and when he started having thoughts about, well, maybe my motion's not working. Well, then Eric would start calling plays, and then he would start moving everybody around, and Andy's like, whoa, motion's going to affect these guys a little bit today. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, as a play caller, you know, when you do see things, I, I'm not asking you to be the Dolphins, the Rams, or uh, the 49ers, and these teams that have 80% motion. Mm-hmm. But when you when you look at it, if if you don't believe it's not going to affect them, I think you're in a little bit of trouble because I do think any kind of movement, Barry will tell you, any kind of movement that affects the Cowboys' defense. Mm -hmm. Look what the look what Arizona did. Look what any misdirection. Yeah, look what these teams that run that what that orbit. You know where they bring guys across and circle them around. Look at the touchdown, the 18 yard touchdown that Dak had in the game the other day. It was motioned across that it it, Derwin James widened and then it allowed him to run right in the gap. Mm -hmm. It was motion that got him widened. Yeah. So if you're telling me that motion doesn't affect people, I don't know, man. He's been coaching a long time this league. He's got a Super Bowl ring in Green Bay. So do I. Yeah. You know, that's how I look at it right now. Shanahan said, "If you're not moving your quarterback, your offense is doomed." I think. Mm. Yeah. 
It's. I'm not going to sit. There. I, I. I wish that like there's some teams you study that you just like. Wow, that's pretty cool what they just. It's did. fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's we talk about San Francisco. Their ability to motion McCaffrey out, and then it bumps the corner. It bumps the corner to another guy, and it puts a linebacker on McCaffrey, and then you're now going. Oh, okay. They did it the other night, and you know they—they they, the Cowboys have the capability of doing stuff like that. We just don't see it nearly enough. Well, you see all the weapons and the underutilized weapons yeah. because it's not like it's one of those too many mouths to feed sort of conversations yeah. where it's oh, there's C.D. Lamb, but there's also Brandon Cooks, but there's also Michael Gallup. Yeah, yeah. C.D. Lamb is the only one being fed guy. right now. <laughs> that is it. Yeah. That is all you've got from a weaponry standpoint. So I'm, I'm with you, Kurt. I think motion. I'm with you, Brian. I think motion. Well, we've seen that the, helps. It's yeah. not the solve all, be all, no. end all, uh-uh. but it's something. Execute. The one man screens. I mean, I, hey, there's some there's some creativity there. There's there's some. It's just it doesn't seem like it's every single down where you're just watching the tape and you're going, huh, they got him on that one. Oh, they out-schemed man. him on that one. Yeah. Schemed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt, one X factor on the Cowboys offense going into the back half of the season. An X factor? X factor. Who's got to step up and play better? I hope it's Cooks because hmm. they need that second receiver. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily saying it's Cooks' fault. I think going back again to the play-calling situation, but they need a second receiver to step up. Hopefully that's Cooks. I don't think it's going to be Gallup. I wouldn't mind even seeing Tolbert given a chance. Sure. What do you think, Brian? Uh, Tyler Biotish. I think Mm -hmm. Tyler Biotish, and I thought he was banged up. He had the ankle injury and the problems that he was dealing with in training camp. I thought he was still kind of dealing with that. You know, I'm kind of hearing clean bill of health there. But there's been some really rough games for him. The center, when your center is struggling, your offensive line will struggle. And I think he's the he's the one guy that I'd kind of say if you could get him to play in at that once again that high level. We saw it happen to him last year, second half of the year last year. He was a much better player, but I need him to be better at center. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Tony Pollard on this one, and maybe it's because he hasn't had as many touches these past couple of games. But I would love to see him get more involved in the offense, whether that's in the passing game, the running game, whatever the case may be. I love the call that Mike McCarthy had. I think I was in the second half when they ran him on a wheel route yeah. up the sidelines. I mean, that was a beautiful play call, and he has that ability to mismatch against linebackers, mismatch against safeties. We've seen it time and time again. So hopefully, we get to see more of that Tony Pollard going forward. I'll say Tyron Smith at the left tackle spot okay. because if he he continues to, to struggle. One, it, it may not be very much longer. We'll see Tyron Smith in a Cowboys uniform, not because of cutting. I think Tyler Smith's a better tackle myself. That's why. I because say that. the future is I say that with right a whisper, right. but it, kind of yelling at the same time. <laughs> yelling at the same time. I, I think there's ways that Tyron can be better in the second half. He's not done. He's got stuff left in the tank. Uh, he's just got to find it. He's got to find that technique. He's got to get comfortable back at that tackle spot and continue to move Do you in the believe right he's part of the best five that can go on forward? Do you, you feel like he's one of the best five? When he plays it his best, but you yes. got to put all factors in there, health, all that. Is I think they need. I think oh. I think Steele needs to play better too. Yeah. I, they're they're all of yeah. them. They all take a turn. But you great offensive lineman on you know, sixty five mm-hmm. plays. They have three four bad plays a game. You just can't have eight bad plays a game. Correct. That's mm-hmm. what. That's the whole thing. You mm-hmm. have two or three bad plays. That's fine. But you can't have, like I said, you can't have six to eight bad plays. He's still part of the best five. Okay. He is. Mm-hmm. He's still. He'll. If you're telling me it's either Chuma Adoga or Tyron Smith at left tackle, I'm taking. Adoga surprised Smith. the hell out of me. Adoga played well, but I'm still taking Tyron Smith yeah. until the very bitter end at that left tackle. Or Tyler at left and then Adoga on the inside. Okay, I we can make know. something. I don't work. know. We can, we can talk about it. It's very, it's very, 
Catch Barry Church and catch him on the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody have fun with Barry out there at the golf course. 18 holes coming up in just a little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, on Monday, we will break down the defense. I also want to give a state of the rookie class. Are we spoiled as Cowboys fans to the point where rookies have made a massive impact in the past? This year, not so much. We're going to talk about that a little bit on Monday, 9 a.m. Central Time. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, this was fun, gentlemen. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like yeah, it. Yeah, one down, early. one more shuffle show to go, and we'll be back next week to get it all done. Enjoy the bye week, everybody. Everybody stay safe. Watch some football over the weekend. And, of course, we'll be right back at it after the weekend is over. For Chris Beam in the back, Barry Church, Kurt Daniels, Brian brought us. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you on Monday with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!